Welcome to the PR Endurance Training Podcast. I'm Roger Huspadalis along with Paulina Allen. All right. And this is Paulina's first podcast of 2022. This is episode 27. And we gathered a gathered together today to talk about a whole idea about race nutrition. We've got races coming up. Ironman races, 70.3 races coming. And we definitely wanted to get something on record because it's something we we talk about with our athletes all the time. So at least we have a resource for our athletes and for everybody out there to check in with some tips and advice as far as fueling for Ironman for 70.3. You can hear Paulina fueling in the background there. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about uh, first, you know, Ironman race nutrition. Uh, generally, so I mean, let's get this out of the way. Obviously, we work with uh, FDC, and one of their prime fuels is uh, glycodurance, is considered you know one of the best out there as far as endurance uh, fueling. You can use that, and it's something we definitely uh, suggest to our athletes. And again, one of our overriding rules is to get something that works for you. So if F2C or another product works better for you, then by all means, you use that product, right? Um, It's through the week-to-week day-to-day training that you find out and tinker with what works best for you. Uh, We definitely have our opinions on certain products, but let's get that one out of the way. And obviously, we we, support FTC because they have testing and all these sorts of things. But overriding, find what works for you. Couldn't agree more with you, Roger. Yeah. All right. So as far as Ironman nutrition, let's just start there for, for those listening in. And again, we are, for our athletes, we, we share general guidelines and we could talk about it here as well. So as far as mm-hmm. carbohydrates per hour, you know, you're looking anywhere from 45 to 90 grams per hour. And, and I think you, you have to tinker week to week with what you can get in. Um, fluid anywhere from, you know, 24 to 40 ounces of fluid per hour, sodium in that 500 to 1200 range of sodium and potassium 200 to 400 milligrams. And again, very special. You have to practice. You can't just go. I would never say go try the top end and see how it goes. Start low, build up and see what you can tolerate. I'm going to agree with you, especially um, just going back to your comment there of 45 to 90 grams of carbohydrates per hour. Um, You know, trying to hit in at that 90 can be pretty hard if you've never done that, right? And that's where you can experiment with some bloating and issues Mm -hmm. like that if you're not used to it, right? Yeah. And and I'm going to have, you know, since we have a pro here. So I know in the past, and it still happens to this day, as far as the pros are concerned, they're trying to practice and experiment and even, you know, you could probably find articles out there, people training, quote unquote, training their bodies to take in as much carbs as possible. Is that something you try to do as well or, you know, know of other people that, that actively try to do that? Um, yes, I do. And um, when I was off working with some of the British cycling they had their riders at 90 grams and I went right in and I tried to consume that's like over 450 calories an hour. Um, but trying for me to take that in a liquid form, I think it 
could have just been the, the product line. I ended up with a bit of distension and bloating. And I felt immensely, it was just too much and, and too heavy. So jumping in at that level right away did not work. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you, Roger, that you kind of have to build up your tolerance and know like where are you capped out at. Mm-hmm. My biggest thing, though, I see with athletes is underfueling. So they never really, they never seem to get enough in. And I think if you've stood on the side of an Ironman as well, you and I, like, we've done a lot of spectating and, and we see it there. The underfueling happens. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now this is one of the areas I think, I think I know um, that it, yeah, it's one thing like easily be addressed and not ignored. We've probably heard athletes talking after a race about, you know, I had this issue, that issue. I, I couldn't take in anymore. I was puking, you know, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I call it excuses because you've had all these months to, to, to practice and to hammer down your plan. Yeah. You should not go into race weekend experimenting with new stuff um, on those on course products. Um, either you're going to buy in and try to use exactly what's on the course or use what, again, what works for you because what is on the course may not work for you. Um, so all these, all these things you have to, to consider and it should not, you know, you put on all these hours of training, you should not blow it with nutrition. You should have a plan and have a backup plan for that plan and yeah. a backup of that backup. And so you are able to, to shift and move depending on what's happening on the day. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's talk about that, Roger, because I know that you've done lots of Ironmans um, and you've also raced in Kona. So you've raced in different climates and like different heat and cooling temperatures, etc. Um, what would be your idea of going into a race? Do you, would you like Sam, because what they're going to be serving at a race, like it's a smorgasbord mm-hmm. at, at a, at a race, right? Like you are not going to run out of calories. Mm-hmm. Would you go online and look at what that race is serving and then start to implement that into your training so that you knew how your gut would react? I'd say, I remember in the early days, I mean, the first the first placid, I remember, they, they didn't have the nutrition nailed down until a couple, maybe a couple months before. I mean, okay. we're, we're talking about, and this was, and they even got Powerade. And, and that was, I remember, they, they didn't even, you couldn't even get it uh-huh. in many places. Uh-huh. And then what was on course was on powdered form, actually. not mm. So it was all this, and then we had to be able to try to access it. Oh and all gosh. this type of stuff, right? So sometimes the challenge is, you know, trying to get it, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Especially now, at least in the, in, in Canada, uh, with Morton. I mean, it's still listed as the official gel that's going to be on the course at Tremblant, for example. But as far as I know, it's not even allowed up here yet. But let's, you know, I'd, maybe things have changed in oh, the last the few months, yeah. No, there are some places in Toronto where you can pick it up. Yeah, I know, but uh-huh. it doesn't mean that it's necessarily legal to be here, as far oh. as health, health Canada oh. approved and all that kind of stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah, so um, we won't get into all that, but okay. that is maybe that's a warning for people as well, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, there's okay. a reason why it's not massively okay. sold right. here, but anyway. So having used the Morton gels, Mm -hmm. um, if that is what's going to be getting served, I would say 
if your plan is to kind of rely on the race course that you're just going to be picking up, you want to sample them beforehand. The gels are 100 calories and they're quite tasteless. Um, so I think it's good to sample that particular line before mm. you go in. Yeah, I, I would often say a gel is a gel. Like they're all the same. The Martin is a little different. Yeah, uh, there's something in it. Again, mm-hmm. <laughs> we could go on a whole deep dive with them, but let's just say do your own research, doing again, as we said, doing your own experimentation mm-hmm. because there's certain idiosyncrasies of on-course fuel that may not jive with yours. Because again, there's, exper- there's been examples out there where um, the on-course fuel has been like a protein bar or a keto whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not going to have car, car and it's going to mess with you. Right. Yeah. And so just because there's an on-course product, doesn't necessarily mean that you got to use it or it's going to help you. So going back to your question, I just knew over time that I could not rely on Encore's product. I had to get a custom formula that basically was going to address my needs as far as cramping and all those other things. So I had a, again, going back to our tips of dialing in what works for you. So I knew what amount of carbs work for me. I knew what amount of sodium worked for me, and I had to have those numbers, or else there's going to be issues. Right. Right. Um, and then sometimes you again in a race you might get a craving for something, for something yes. solid. Like I know I typically suggest for people to go on liquids as far as you know better absorption, quicker absorption, rather than doing a whole bunch of different things. Um, you know I, that was my sort of style and my suggestions just. Liquid calories all day until I couldn't deal with it anymore. Um, but instead of having a mix, but again, I know some people have sandwiches, some people have bars, some people have gels. I just had liquids the whole day, and uh, it's what worked for me. And then on the run, at that time, simple sugars was a thing. So Coca Cola and whatever else on the course was good. Yeah. Um, I agree with you there. And the, the good thing is, is like, a lot of those portion sizes that you're getting delivered in the race, like there, you just mentioned, like, you know, the Coca-Cola on the run. Mm-hmm. Often that's about a hundred calories that you're going to get. Yeah. Um, interesting for you, you know, when you were doing the Ironman and there wasn't so much nutrition, like I've stepped away from doing the Ironman distance, but I do wish if I was to do a liquid only, it would be the F2C five and one. Cause that, has been my lifesaver now that mm. I've gone into the long distance. Yeah. Um, Cause you can get 350 calories in two scoops yeah. and it's one protein to four carbs. Cause I think I found after experimenting a lot, I, I am better with a little bit more solid food. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've got a lot of my athletes while they're training indoors on the trainer. Um, as we go into the race preparation phase, then, you know, my nutritionist said, and you're going to love this, listeners, white bread with Nutella. Best calories that you can get. It's easy. It's palatable. I mean, who doesn't love Nutella? It's a little bit of chocolate. So it's really, you know, cut into nice little, you know, little squares or little triangles, however you like to pack. Um, you know, it's a great hit of complex carbs and instant sugar that you're going to get in there. Yeah. All right. Like, again. As you said, like oh. five and one, I know works with you. And I think my formula, what I actually had when it was custom, I actually had something that was pretty close to the five and one. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I had a touch of, of protein in there. Okay. Right. As well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, maybe not as much, but <clears throat> again, something I, I came up with that worked for me, the protein adds a little bit of fullness to you and you're not feeling hungry and all that sort of stuff. And I, my formula also was pretty much flavorless because I didn't want to get flavor fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that, yeah. So all that goes into play as, as you're, you're, you're taking all this stuff. And I think by keeping it as simple as possible, not having to carry gels, bars and everything else on your bike um, yeah. helps helps simplify the situation and not having all these these things in you and I know when we talked prior um, you know talking about the sodium thing um, you know whether it be salt tablets and all these things mm-hmm. is something I definitely did not try to have in, in addition everything was addressed in my drink okay and I would have maybe, carry 10 capsules all day just as backup if I felt a cramp coming on or something lacking. Yeah, uh-huh. I would pop one of those. But yeah, I think uh, when athletes sort of think, yeah, I'm going to take you know, 20 salt caps, I'm like, eh, that's, that's not going to no. be good, right? To think about putting that in your body and then your stomach yeah. is going to attack that, it's not, uh, it's not advisable. Exactly. Um and here's the other thing I see a lot of triathletes that will do, like they'll be at a race and the, the guy next to him is like, you know, sellotaping all their salt tablets to the top tube. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they'll decide, oh, I got to take them. Everybody's really different. And even though somebody may appear to have a lot of salt on their outfit afterwards or on their face, um, that can also be related to, do they have a salty diet? because you're excreting that out of your body. I was fortunate, like back in the day, I have been tested at Guelph University. There used to be a Gatorade department there. And so I've done the salt testing and my fluid testing to see how much fluid and salt I would lose per hour. Turned out I lost a lot of fluid, but I was very low on the salts. Mm -hmm. So I didn't particularly have to take a, a lot of salt tablets. No. The other thing too I find is that, and this will pull in a lot of the things that you've been saying, is we do our training and then we get to a race and then you throw all your numbers out and you you go like a madman. And sometimes I I find like the cramping happens at the race because you have just pushed yourself beyond what you've ever done in training. And then that's when the muscles will start to go like, oh, wait a minute, dude. Like, I haven't been in this. Like, this is zone eight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and you're pushing me in this on the bike for like, you know, that, that's 20 minutes now. And I can't like, that's it, dude. Like we're, we're done. Yeah. So I find that's what can happen a lot when we get to the races, we get a little bit overexcited and the same, um, like with the gut issues, if your coach has asked you to do your intervals at X, Y, and Z, you know, in that preparation period for, you know, eight to 10 weeks out and you're not hitting those numbers on the weekend because, you know, you did the group ride or you're out with the club or I rode with my buddy. If you decide to try and do that on the race day, then that interaction with what you're taking in and your gut and the process, it's not the same if you haven't done it in in your preparation Mm -hmm. phase, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big one, right? Yes. Um, Yeah, because I know for a fact, like in early season, if I haven't, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm going to tend to cramp more uh, early season uh-huh. uh, and longer stuff. If I'm, especially also if I'm not 
really taking in, you know, the calories I need to take sometimes in rides. I intentionally do that. Just have the bare bones, whatever. I'll, I'll suffer through it. Yeah. But knowing that, you know, once I'm in serious prep mode, everything is going to be dialed in as far as nutrition, as far as the intake, as far as your conditioning as well, right? Like mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. body's got to be conditioned. So as you said, people are pushing harder than they're used to. So um your body's not used to that yeah right and then the intervals as well right sometimes you know um you can't take in like uh let's say a higher amount of calories or whatever and you're pushing hard intervals yeah it's different right you're not into that phase yet so don't even think about you know i'm trying to take in like 90 grams of carbs while I'm yeah. going to do these VO2 intervals, that's, yeah. that's not a thing, right? It's You'll be able to take in more calories when you're mm-hmm. reducing your intensity. Yeah. Can I give you a little secret sauce mm-hmm. that I use? Um, so like what you're saying, like, you know, those VO2 intervals, you know, those two minutes and those four minutes of maximal effort, right? So I find with some of my writers, you know, if they've been working all day and they're going to start that right at like, Anywhere between four and seven o'clock, mm-hmm. I often find this is where writers are like, oh my God, I just kind of died or I had a bonkish feeling or I wasn't feeling good. I will tell them to fill up a water bottle. You know, just a regular water bottle is 500 millimeters. That's water. Four tablespoons of maple syrup, good old Canadian maple syrup. We all have that in the cupboard. Four tablespoons is 55 grams of carbs. And you add a quarter of a teaspoon of salt. Um, and the salt is a great co-pilot to get everything delivered. Shake that up in the bottle and that it is delicious. And it's also just that instant hit that you need for that high intensity VO2 type of workout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's different. Tra- I mean, we all have our different things, but yeah. that's one of my secret sauce workouts. Yeah. So that's yeah. one you like. I know I've, uh-huh. I've done that before. I used to have like mm-hmm. um, when it was honeybee whatever a, a little container of honey <laughs> beside my bike oh yeah that used to be my gel back in the day and just suck on that or yeah and then like instant yes little sugar um, a little bit yep i can tell you from doing camps in cuba that you there's no sports nutrition in cuba and the cuban national team uh because we would train with them they just uh, squirt honey into their bottle and shake it up with water, and that's what they use. And I've done it. Uh, honey uh, is fantastic. Yeah. Right. So, right? Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. Like I tell his athletes as well. Is that sometimes a, a quick hit, whether it be a sugar, whatever source. Some people like popping a gel before, or having a shot of um, espresso, cappuccino. Oh, yeah. It definitely right like a little bit of shot of caffeine like we know caffeine is a performance enhancer without a doubt so unless and, you drink the amount i do <laughs> no it doesn't matter i i can say it's a <laughs> yeah. study that oh. says it doesn't matter like it i know there's a thing of yeah i gotta go off caffeine so i can feel more of a hit come race day um the studies out there it says it doesn't matter whether that, you taper mm-hmm. off it or not i have read that yeah right I've seen so that. Mm-hmm. just keep taking it um. Yeah, I mean, it used, caffeine used to be on the water list, and not it's not anymore because really the the amounts you need to test off the charts will be detrimental because you'd be like the most jittering fool ever. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like it takes yeah. 
to be well over that, like 12 cups or for a race, which would be astronomical and would not serve any good purpose whatsoever. But, right. you know, a quick a quick hit of whatever you might like, right? Joe, I like my hydrodurance and I like uh, my shot and espresso, <laughs> little espresso there and off we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So as far as, let's say, 70.3 strategy, I mean, nothing much is different. Obviously, the numbers will be lower. Um, and you just have to, again, keep tinkering with that, right? The um, Obviously, your intensity is going to be higher uh, for the 70.3 bike ride. So you're not going to be able to take in as much. Um, but yeah. it's also what I think to play around with those numbers to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, same thing with our, the run nutrition. Like, you know, I've got general guidelines of, you know, 16 to 24 ounces of uh, fluid per hour, whether it be 150 to 400 calories, and the same sort of thing as far as sodium. But again, you're running, you're not going to be able to take in as much. And that's why the fueling of a bike is so important, because basically, you are preparing for the run uh, on your bike ride. Exactly. Just going, you said 16 to 24 fluid ounces. What does that look like? Is that a full water bottle? Or how many Dixie cups is that that you would be picking up at an aid station that's a good question i don't know i know right <laughs> i just i just i just sip sip away right as long as i, I sit tell the athletes is just make sure you don't skip an aid station all right okay. I, I keep yep. that that stuff coming in like don't mm-hmm. sit there and chug away uh i think you got your bases covered so you know roughly you know 400 400 mils for you know four to 700 milliliters um so they're looking what anywhere recovering close to a, a bike bottle per hour, yeah. which is okay. not, you know, by the time you hit two or three aid stations, you're, you're there. Yeah. Right. Um, and again, you'll go, you can go by how things are in a day and those really hot days, you know, you'd be taking in more. It always exactly. happens that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and those colder days, those are the ones that are dangerous because you won't have that um, desire necessarily to to want to drink or take in calories but that's when it's more important you're burning stuff off to stay warm mm-hmm. um you know you're still in need of that fuel and that those calories exactly yep okay all right so mm-hmm. roger do you um would you also have your even though they're preparing and working on their nutrition on their bike and their running um do you have them also plan like what they're going to have for their breakfast to make sure that this is sitting well and you know they haven't had too much fiber you know then they got to then they're chugging all that water and everything down and then when they get on the run then they got to go and have a poop mm-hmm. so do you work on a lot of that stuff i don't know about you don't don't you i always try to remember do you remember when Fig Newtons used to be a thing at Iron oh, Man? Yes, <laughs> I do. Yeah. So you still, you still remember those days? Like it, it oh, was yeah. crazy. I think this is a famous story about either Mark Allen or Dave Scott uh-huh. when they first entered. And they, like you look at the 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 content and they like, yeah, it's a great idea until they poop themselves. Um, exactly. But then, yes. You know, the stories out there. And I remember it used to be a sponsor so you could get those things at the races. And uh-huh. even at aid stations, they were fig Newtons and, and stuff like that. I don't know if I, I never took them, um, but I don't know if you did. But yeah, <laughs> that's it. Just I know I go off in 
tangents here, but the fiber thing just ring in my head. Oh, I, I am. I did Iron Man France, and oh, they serve apricots, mm. which taste and it looks beautiful when it's presented on the platters as you're running along, right? You'd be grabbing everything. I've never eaten so much fruit like that in my life, but I will never touch that stuff in a race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember my my buddy they did Iron Man Korea, and uh, they have this little jellies and all sorts of stuff that was like wow <laughs> interesting <laughs> to, to try but then uh-huh. they also had this mint body spray like you know uh-huh. to help soothe your muscles mm. at the aid stations yeah so people are spreading themselves down and all this mint is in the air so all the all the stuff that they were serving had a flavor of a mint. minty flavor <laughs> oh yeah yeah or menthol yeah i guess uh-huh but yeah oh, i love that, it so definitely the one of the suggestions especially prior to big training weekends or a big long ride is so i pop in a reminder is to practice like on a friday night how you would eat prior to a race right it's a perfect opportunity to practice your your dinner timing what are you going to have for dinner how that clears your system on on the morning yeah. And, you know, you get your final poop out of the way, your pee and all that sort of stuff. And then maybe even the morning breakfast. So what is what do you plan on taking? When are you planning on eating it? All that sort of stuff. So you can head on your bike ride and know how it all feels. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. So that's that's one thing definitely to try on those big training weekends. Right. So, you know, you head on your long ride, have all that timing right. Um, so, you know how it works for you and that way on race weekend there's no mystery there's no i'm going to try this restaurant and i'm going to try this fancy food i've never tried before and then Mm -hmm. wake up the next morning in in big trouble yeah yeah i i I absolutely agree with you because when you think about it the amount of effort and attention to detail and especially nowadays with all the data and data that we have right and the Mm -hmm. coaching and the massage and the you know, you name it, it's out there. You have access to it. But I do find that the nutrition is just the one area that athletes do not pay sufficient attention to. Mm. And I believe that that's probably, I don't know, maybe even 2 to 5% of their, their time mm. that they could have. Like if you're already at the top of your game and you've got everything, all your ducks are lined up, I, I think it's nutrition is the next one that people really have to be taking attention to. You should know by the time you get to the race, you should be knowing what you're having for breakfast, lunch, and dinner the day before mm-hmm. your race. And you know what you're having for breakfast. You're not at some new race site and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to go here and try this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as we said, I think earlier, is just like you're putting in all this time mm-hmm. and why blow it by a stupid mm-hmm. decision on, oh, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. I've never tried before or mess with your timing. Just, you know. You could have all these fancy foods or check out that restaurant after the race. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You have, you know, you put in all these months of training. Um, don't blow it <laughs> by making a bad choice. So if pizza where it works for you, you can get pizza at every race, then sure, right? Um, yeah. Or mm-hmm. bring your own pasta and cook it or whatever it is you might like. Uh, your rice and whatever, whatever it might be. Just make sure that you're able to duplicate, replicate on 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 race day, race weekend, um, the day before a race. Because I, to me, back in the thing, uh, day, what I used to, I used to use Boost as my breakfast in the morning. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I know so, some people still do. Right. So very, you know, I knew I could get it anywhere. I knew I could travel with it. And it was dependable. It worked for me. Mm-hmm. And that was it, right? Um, I know some people even use simple ramen noodles, right? You can get them. They're cheap, mm-hmm. simple carbs, water. Yeah. And yeah. you boil them up. Just add hot water and eat them, right? Mm-hmm. That could be, mm-hmm. I don't know, breakfast. could be the night before. Whatever it might be, keep it simple. Keep it something that you know works for you. And there will be no mystery. Exactly. I like it. Right. And as far as waste week, do you have any specific uh, strategy you give to your athletes? I know for me, I like whether it be sipping on a low calorie, but um, has electrolytes drink throughout the week. Um, so whether it be something like a hydrodurance or an equivalent could be a, you know, other product that has that like sort of 20 to 40 calorie and uh, serving along with electrolytes to kind of keep you topped up. And sometimes I suggest people, you know, if they've got those cramping issues or you can shake an extra salt in their meals and things like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, depending where they're going, um, if it's going to be, you know, excessively hot, much the same that you said, you know, like you just, you're sipping on a a little bit more um, water, but using a co-pilot to get that delivered. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you know, a noon tablet or something in there, making it a little bit more tasty. And also using, you know, um, just if, if you're peeing like every 15 minutes, then you've overhydrated. Um, so, uh, you know, the key thing is just like listening to your body. Um, and not, I, I don't believe that, you know, like these carbo load meals, mm-hmm. um, especially before an Ironman, because when you think about like on the race day and, you are going to be getting the calories in like every hour. Like you've, let's say you've nailed it down to 350 calories yeah. every hour. You're going to be getting it in. And I find way back in the day, a lot of athletes would, you know, they'd want to do the carbo load and then they yeah. felt a little too heavy. And that's because if you eat too many carbs, you know, if you have that, you know, three servings of pasta the <laughs> night before, well, it's you're going to end up holding a lot of water, yeah. and you are going to feel heavy and and bloated. So, um, I tend to kind of curb people on trying to do that aspect, um, or you know, if the I don't know if we'll, they'll be offering that at races again, but I tell them just eat a normal meal, yeah. okay? Like, so I don't believe that you you need to actually eat double the amount of what you would normally eat. Yeah, 100%. I just treat it like just it's just another normal meal. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing with at least a day to day. I don't think there's anything super special you need to mm-hmm. do. Just have your, you know, if your your daily diet has all your bases covered, as long as mm-hmm. you're not doing, you know, you might be doing some extreme whatever. I mean, could advise you <laughs> on the good and the bad of that. But uh-huh. if you've been living that way, and I mean, if you have an extreme diet one way or the other, you'll, you'll find your deficiencies and, and how you're going to have to address those. Right. So um, those will naturally take place and hopefully well before race day, but yeah, going for those carbo meals. I know we've been in this game in a long time. Used to be every marathon back then (laughs) had the carbo meal the night before. And then, you know, if you've gone to those enough and you picked out it enough, you realize how bad it made you felt. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and I think races don't tend to 
you know, label those meals as carbo load okay. meals anymore. I don't see them anymore. It should just way. be called the social meal because right. you're there for the social aspect, yeah. right? Yeah. And even if you go to some of these uh, races and they have the, the Ironman banquet, it's usually a couple mm-hmm. of days before. And they have a typically a variety of different, uh, you know, ingredients and sources. So, yes, no doubt there's some pasta there, but it's veggies. There's all sorts of stuff that people got to have. Yeah. Um, that's not just a big, you know, pasta fest uh, for yeah. sure, right? So, yeah. Uh-huh. I think we've come a long way. <laughs> yeah, with, with nutrition now, thank goodness. Yeah, right. Because every again, uh-huh. it all comes about. You all have your own needs, and the thing is, as we keep saying, you have to take it seriously, practice, know it works for you, and don't mess around, <laughs> or else you spent all this money on travel, on coaching, on equipment to go out to this race just to do something stupid. So don't do anything stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but the time to get stupid, if you want to call it that, is after the race. So as far as after, what do you advise or what have maybe you've done in the past to maybe let loose or do you let loose? Um, yeah, um, I don't know. I think I just look at food as food. So I have mm-hmm. like I, – and I counsel people just to – nothing is a treat. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything is good for you. I think that's really important. So – yeah, like if, like last year we had athletes who ended up, we did a dry February and we continued it all the way through. And then after they did their halves, uh, we sat down and we had some beers. And, you know, and that was exciting. <laughs> um, so maybe, you know, maybe that's what it is or, you know, it's, it's pizza or something like that. But I think um, it's important to let your guard down. Like if you're counting your calories, you know, you don't have to do that for a couple of days. But I do find the biggest thing is the day after an Ironman, your gut, no matter how good your nutrition has been, because you have just now tested and pushed your body to the limits, Mm -hmm. you're a little bit off. And I do find it takes several days for that algorithm of your body to come back to feeling normal. So I don't, I often found you don't feel hungry the next day. It's quite suppressed and it's normally the second or third day. Then you're like, okay, now I'm ready to eat. Yeah, I think uh-huh. it, it's different. I've definitely felt different. Like sometimes after a race, I don't want anything. Yeah. And sometimes after a race, I want to eat everything. Mm-hmm. It's, and I think, it, yeah, it depends on the effort you put out there. Sometimes, yeah. like if you drain yourself, you probably are less inclined to want anything. Uh, you definitely want to, don't want to taste another, you know, under course gel, Gatorade, whatever it might be. Like you just want real food or no food. And then sometimes you don't want anything. And then like two, three in the morning, you want like a, eat a whole pizza. Um, yeah. It's, it, it comes in those waves and then you just have to have those. Sometimes you just get the pizza ready and have it there <laughs> just in case yeah. you want it or, you know, waiting to next day or a couple of days later to get what you want. If yeah. that's what you want. Yeah. But I, what I would say to you on, on that, Roger is, um, if you are traveling to an event, um, do, do bring, you know, your protein powders because you, you're right. You do sometimes you do wake up around three, four o'clock in the morning and you're ravenous. So getting in like a good protein drink or a protein shake, uh, that's your answer, especially if you feel like you can't actually eat anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then that will start to help with the recovery process. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and that's something we talk about too. Is that yeah, the recovery process is so. There's a, there's a whole bunch of things involved. So obviously, nutrition's a big one. Uh, with there, I know for me, last maybe how many few Ironmans is having that compression garrison. I got in that compression tights and helped my legs recover. Yeah. Anything that would help me bounce back as, as quick as possible. Absolutely agree with you. Hot shower then a cool shower. And then especially for women, I tell all my women, um, whether they're racing or if they just finished off a big training day, uh, within 20 minutes, you want to be getting in that protein drink. Okay. Um, if you're not planning to have a meal, like a proper lunch or a proper dinner, then you want to make sure that within that um, protein shake that you're going to have, you want to add some carbohydrates. If you're not going to, so making the drink substantial, if yeah. you will. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. for, see, this is where it's a little bit different between the men and the women. Mm -hmm. So women, you want to get that protein shake in 20 minutes after your workout. Men, I think the window is, extends like into that 40, 40 minutes. You guys are different. You, your body can kind of hold off on the process. But I think the recovery and day to day is really really important and i think that is where some people do fall short because let's say they've just done you know a four-hour good ride on a saturday and then they've got a two and a half hour run the following day with a swim mm -hmm. if you haven't fueled properly following that that workout that you've done well once you stop exercising like your metabolism doesn't just kind of shut off sometimes it kind of keeps revving and it's still going and then and then that will impact the following day. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes that's where you see that ebb and flow of like, oh, I didn't feel so good. And I don't know what's wrong. And I'm overtraining. And you start to see all these different messages. And then you, I often will take it right back to, okay, so what did you do? What did you fuel on the bike? What did you do afterwards? How long was it until you had your lunch or your dinner? And a lot of people get caught up in family stuff. And it's like, well, I jumped off and then I jumped in the shower and I didn't really eat. And then there was half a granola bar in the car while I was driving the kids. And then I didn't get to eat until four hours later. And by that point, you're an absolute mess. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I think you and I are the same. I know as far as, yeah, if, if anything, we try to get a real food. And if not, here's where these products, let's say, mm -hmm. plug for FTC again, is, mm -hmm. is where it comes in handy. As you said, the hot powders. Because I know I used to have on hand always and actually now i just did an order with them and they sent me some packets of th individual packets of three oh, to one great. so the rehab yeah. three to one is perfect for mm -hmm. again as paulina just said after a, a long workout after a bike ride whatever and you don't have that time obviously your your car wherever you might be uh if you're working out outside um doesn't have you know hot meal <laughs> waiting in your car after yeah you know having that powder um, a quick mix, a quick drink, and you're ready um, mm -hmm. to have those things addressed. You'd be bounced back for tomorrow. Um, so having that available, uh, it's so important to get it yeah. within that you know 20 to 30 minute window, uh, yeah. right? So I know I used to do that in races, right? Like it didn't happen for the longest time. I just like you know the post race food, you eat whatever, yeah, was there. And I know back in the 80s and 90s when president's choice used to be the, the sponsor huh. those that that series uh -huh. um that was pretty cool right they'd have oh, the ribs and they'd have yeah. all those things and you know sometimes uh -huh. you get to take home a whole 
boxes and boxes of ribs <laughs> and things like that. So the food was kind of cool. But mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, you, you can't look at post-race nutrition uh, food, what they're offering as your go-to, right? They may have pizza. They may have fruit. They may have nothing. Um, yeah. So you have to bring your stuff. And I know in the last many years, I used to have my, you know, whether it be have rehab three to one or whatever it was ready, shake mm -hmm. my bottle and yep. I, I was good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and I'm going to put my hands up in the mm -hmm. air here because I used to be really bad. I, I could like do a five hour bite and then have a cup of coffee. <laughs> right. Oh, but I have learned that is one of the worst things that you can do. And, you know, being um, triathletes or cyclists, it's all about the coffee, right? The end of ride, you know, you, you finish up at Tim Hortons or a Starbucks or some nice coffee roastery place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all grab our coffees and sometimes it just kills me that we do that. Um, it, the coffee's okay, but, you know, you got to get in something else. And the bad thing is, is that coffee can fill you up a little bit, depending, especially if you're getting those like ridiculous coffees, mm -hmm. right? That have like a thousand calories in them. I, I can't name any of them. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just more of a, a, a black coffee, a little espresso. Um, but it does suppress the appetite. So you need to be aware of that, right? Yeah. And again, yeah. that's where the, the quick serving of whatever uh -huh. your, your preference is to have that. Whether you in the pour car. it into a Ziploc bag or if they have individual servings, you have it. It's yeah. there. Shake yep. it. Done in mm -hmm. you know in seconds. Get it in your body, and then you can have all the coffee you want and whatever else after. Exactly right. right. Uh huh. And you know, as triathletes and cyclists, we all live out of our car. So I actually have um, just a little compartment in my in the boot um, with lots of different things. You know and bars and this and that for after a ride in case you know that I need to have that instant protein then I will have pre-bought drinks if I'm not well prepared but and I always have my packets and Ziploc bags so just get a little box or you know a little Tupperware and chuck it in the car and then you do not have the excuse that you didn't have it exactly yeah yeah all right um okay. as, as we're sitting here I know things two things popped pop in my head uh -huh. So as far as, you know, again, race nutrition, one of the things I did and advise people to do, especially if you're going off your own nutrition, is to have a concentrate. So whatever your preferred thing is, you mix a concentrate of it. So I know back in the day I had like six hours of fuel in one bottle. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it'd be concentrated so thick I had to use a hand blender or something else just to get that, you know, because it was really thick and soupy like a gel. It was basically mm -hmm. a gel. I made my own gel in a bottle, right? And then portioned it out for yeah. six hours. And I, you know, marked it off in a marker in my, in my bottle yeah. and um, knew what I had to take. So I'd either swig it with the water off the course or pour a certain amount in, you know, the container in front between the arrow bars, all that sort of stuff, different techniques. And then in later years, just actually use the special needs station because I know – I saw pros pulling off to the side, getting what they needed and off again. So, uh, you know, if a pro can do it, why can I do it? I mean, it's not yeah. the biggest time waster ever. It's very important for you to get your nutrition. So that way you didn't have to worry about a concentrate. You could just have your balls already pre-made, ready to go, stop by, pick them up. And some of those aid stations are so 
uh, efficient. They're already calling your number and they had your bag ready for you as soon as you pulled over. So you're not wasting that much time at all. But back in when you know when you raced, did you use any concentrates or special needs stations and things like that? For me personally, no. Hmm. Um, I don't. From day one. I would train with whatever they were going to serve on the course. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would actually use it. I was really fortunate that I had a gut of steel. Um, I didn't want to worry about like the aid stations or I think I'd done it like here and there because everybody else was doing it. So I had that FOMO, you know, like was (laughs) I missing out on something FOMO? Um, And then I just realized it. I, I didn't need to to do it just didn't work for me mm-hmm. so i would often start with three bottles on my bike with whatever i wanted and then i would just switch over to whatever they were handing out but normally like my eating um nutrition in that regard it was always on my body i shoved it in my bra <laughs> shoved it down um the back of my jersey you know because you got the pockets or i had it taped on my bike sometimes my bike looked like you were coming to a buffet but i didn't care it worked yeah yeah and then i think the more you get into the sport and your body starts to become more of that fine-tuned engine um then you start to kind of like really nail down the nutrition and you you know you're not having like a multitude of different things to you know serve your palate if you will mm-hmm. like I, I was more content to be like okay so for five hours this is going to be the, the drink and I'm just going to stick to one one gel I didn't need to change it up yeah and you know I yeah it wasn't like that mm-hmm. but everybody's different and I think you know you and I come like I know that you've got like me a, a gut that can take on anything and I and I think if you want to be an Ironman athlete and you want to be performing hard then that's the type of gut that you have to have right and the other thing that would worry me sometimes was I didn't I was worried that I wouldn't find my bag um at the aid station that it would be missing yeah so I just didn't want that type of stress yeah I know uh again we talk about different strategies here so again here with Paulina is I think most Mm-hmm. I've been a generalized, but I say a lot of pros are that way as well. It's just like, yeah, you're pushing the body to extreme. Yeah. You're going for performance. They're trying to place. They're not, you know, racing mm-hmm. their own race per se. Some of them are, but sometimes when you're racing to put a podium, you got to go with, you know, whoever you're chasing. So it's a different type of racing. Um, so they got to prepare and take in and deal with whatever they got to deal with. Um Whereas yeah. the age group athlete can be a little bit more systematic in that way. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then have the plan. Like I said, for me, I know once I did uh, Ironman, I had to be very systematic or else, you know, things weren't going to work out very well. Um, mm-hmm. Any other, you know, from 70.3 down. Oh yeah. All it's all systems go. I could do anything I wanted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I will say I have worn a, a camelback. In, a, in an Ironman. That was awesome. Like, I think I had a two-liter Camelback on the back of my back. And uh-huh. I, trained, I trained with it. And um, I had all the fluids I needed. It, it worked out great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I know you didn't do that in the later years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. But I did do it in my earlier years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, again, we, you, 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 
again, it's something for in that particular case, it worked for Paulina in the time. And then as the racing um, changed and as yeah. you, you figure out what works for you best, right? Yeah. And didn't Lionel Saunders do it? Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. yeah, he did it the year I raced in Kona. I was like, well, yeah, like, what that is wasn't this that long on? ago. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what is this thing on his back? Like, holy crap, what is that? And then yeah. he, he ditched it real quick. Yeah. Because it was like, yeah. it was, it was ridiculous, actually. It was just like big, <laughs> hardly arrow at all. Because <laughs> I remember, I'm like, what is that? uh-huh yeah yeah uh-huh no we've all done it yeah uh, yeah and then uh yeah it again if it, it, it guarantees you get in what you need right and that's yeah. the important thing um you know you could be as arrow as you want but if arrow as you want doesn't allow you to finish the race um then what's the point because i know we have a we have an athlete who just did a marathon qualified for boston and he, he did it with a camelback oh Right. Way to go. Right. Yeah. So, like, I'm sure everybody's looking like the, he was definitely the only guy with a camelback, and you know who you are, and he's probably laughing at this moment. I love it. I know who it is. Right. Yeah. And that's brilliant. I know he's not necessarily going to try that again, but it worked. Um, it worked Qualified. for him. He knew exactly the calories worked for him. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. And I think that's a big change in um, marathon nutrition as well. It's come a long way because I think in the past, not many people even thought about calories in a marathon. And we see those athletes, the top level at their, you know, picking up their drinks at the aid stations now. Yes. Um, it's yeah. part of the strategy. It's part of the thing. The science behind it that you need to take in, you know, a certain amount of calories per hour, no matter what mm -hmm. intensity you're going at. So um, it's a thing, right? So again, whatever works for you, that's our general <laughs> rule. Right, you have to tinker. You have to practice. You cannot ignore this, or yeah. else you are wasting your money and showing up to races um, ill prepared and and doing stupid stuff. So, you're spending the time. You're investing your time, taking away time from family. Um, do it right. Practice your nutrition. It's a big piece, especially in Ironman. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. All right. So, unless you have anything else to add, I know you don't. <laughs> oh no, I don't. I'm good. All I think right. you're amazing. Yeah. All right. Okay. We are done. So that was our first time together for 2022. We'll hopefully have some more. But again, we will only pop on here if we have, you know, relevant topics to talk about. We're not going to just rush out and do a podcast for the sake of doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. um, we'll get on here if we have a demand and we have topics that athletes want us to talk about. So. For this edition of the PR Endurance Training Podcast, I'm Roger Hospitalis along with Paulina. And we will catch you again next time. Thank you for listening to the PR Endurance Training Podcast. Please visit our podcast page on Anchor to subscribe and to leave a voice message to ask the coaches a question. Maybe you can be featured next time on our next podcast. We also invite you to visit us at PREnduranceTraining.com to find out about our services and to connect with our social media channels. Until next time, be happy, stay safe, stay healthy, and as our friends at Running Free say, believe it, achieve it.
Welcome to PR Endurance Training Podcast, episode 28, a special edition here. We haven't been in, around for a while, but Paulina and I will want to talk about our upcoming Mount Tromblant training camp. So, Paulina, tell us one of the benefits of, <laughs> you know, taking part in a training camp. Why should athletes want to take part in a training camp? Oh, there's so many reasons, Roger. Um, I think the number one would be like the the ambience of being around with other athletes, um, whether that be triathletes or roadies. Um, just, you know, and even if you're racing on that course or if you're not racing on the course, you're just learning so many new things about what you can apply when you go off to race. That would be kind of my roundabout way of saying that. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, um, mm-hmm. one of the big things, obviously, is to train with other people. Um, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, to be in that atmosphere, pushing each other a little bit. Obviously, you don't want to t- go overboard, but to have those people to pace off of. And, um, you know, we've been to Tromblant many times now. I'm trying uh-huh. to remember the exact amount of times, at least five. Uh, oh, yeah. I can remember, right? Yeah. And uh-huh. we've always had a great group. Uh, we all, all got along. We've never had any issues. and Never. Nope. Um, a variety of paces, and we've always been able to accommodate everybody, and everybody goes away um, getting exactly what they need. And we've even had athletes who are who haven't been uh, signed up for Tromblant specifically. They've come to check out uh, yes. the course so they can yes. sign up the following year. Exactly. So we've had all sorts, yeah. Yeah, because once you go there, you're like, oh, my goodness, this place is beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's, you know, it's not necessarily like, you know, you got to be doing Tromblanc to come and do this course. I think um, the training and the learning and the, t- the time that you're going to put in is really going to help you towards whatever goal um, and races that you're going to have after that date that we have the, um, the actual training camp, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's a beautiful bike ro- course. We've got some good hills and there's rolling hills and there's some flat sections. So whatever you do there, you can apply that if you were going to, say, Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is a, a really f- flat course. And then you've got the open water aspect as well. A lot of people don't get that having coaches um, on a paddleboard or, you know, beside you in the open water to help and correct. Because a lot of, you know, triathletes, they swim with the master swim team throughout the, the winter months in the spring. And then, you know, whoa, it's open water season time. And they, they jump in. And, you know, if you're not constantly having a coach on top of you watching what you do, you can tend to go back to those um bad habits that we have in the water, if you will. Um, So I think that's a a great factor that we have there. And you sourced out a great place that we're going to be staying at. So we actually have our own private lake, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
All yeah. right. So if you check in with us and you want to go to our uh-huh. camp, we definitely will put you in touch uh, yeah. with those locations or, you know, choose your yeah. own. Definitely you can go as high end as you want or as, let's call it low end um, that way. Uh, yeah. I mean, enjoy th- your time. This time we are doing something a little different, right? Um, in the past, we've always stayed in the village um, of Mont-Tremblant. This time we're, what would you say, maybe on the 2K kilometer mark on the run? That's where we're staying. So we're kind of looking out on the pier. Yeah. Or we, yeah. Um, or we might be just again, around it's... the corner. Yeah. So wh- where I was going with that, Roger, was that, you know, we can swim in our nice private lake or we can head over to Murray Lake and, and swim in the actual um, waters. Lake. That, you think yeah, it's at Lake Placid, huh? <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. Did I, did I say Lake Placid? No, Mirror Lake. No, you said you said Mirror Lake. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, we can head over there and, and swim. Yeah. So, so much going on there. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I lost my train of thought. You'll have to block that. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, reason we're plugging uh, away because we're only be running a little promo here. Um, a little early early bird right before the uh, June, right? So you can yeah. save some money if you register before June comes. And of course, if you are waiting to decide last minute, then you know that's fine too. It's just that uh, we just won't save a little bit, but mm-hmm. we will welcome you there, right? And you know we don't always toot our own horns here, but you have access here. To a pro, a former pro, and Paulina never toots her own horn, so I'll toot it for her, right? Uh, Hall of Famer, you name it. Um, so you get a, you get to come to a camp to get that experience from two coaches who, again, um, raced and more importantly have uh, coached athletes to be successful on this particular course or any Ironman whatsoever. So, again, if you're doing Tremblant, ideal. If you're doing any other race, same thing. Ideal. Um, it can, right? It can yep. prepare you for Maryland, Florida, Wisconsin, whatever you got going. Mm-hmm. This can help you with uh, mm-hmm. that preparation, right? Yeah. Um, Roger, what do you think? Because I know that we have a clinic this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, he- here's the number one question I get about when people want to attend a camp or a clinic. Um, I'm worried that... I'm going to hold everybody up on the bike. Well, you know, what's the pace going to be like? How do you address that when people ask? Because I, I, I personally, I, I've gone to camps and that's, I'm often worried. Am I going to hold people up on the bike? So how do you answer that question? I just say, come on out. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, really, because again, we've been, uh, we've run camps, we've either assisted at camps. I know many times I've assisted at camps. I'm usually hanging back with the the stragglers, if you mm-hmm. want to call it that. Um, no, we call know. that the sweeper. I, you like yeah. to be the sweeper, right? All right. Mm-hmm. So I like chilling out back there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's again, everyone, everyone deserves attention. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not just it's just not about the front runners, and sometimes I, you have to advise the front runners that uh, are you actually you know practicing something here, mm-hmm. or just hammering away. Are you actually practicing a race pace, 
or like something unrealistic to what you actually do on a day. So I've seen that too. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the same as like with this clinic that we have coming up. Um, I've had quite a few people worried about the pace that we're going to be doing after we've done the clinic portion. And here's the thing, guys, if there's no bib number pinned on, it's not a race, right? Yeah. We're, we're, you know, like save that for when you got to do your intervals, et cetera, et cetera. But I think when you're coming off to do a, a camp, it's about learning the course. If there's a particular hill, you know, something that you feel is your Achilles heel, then that's what we're going to work on with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have yourself and me, we're going to have vehicles out there. Um, maybe on one or two of the days we'll, we'll cycle with the athletes as, as well. Um, but I, I really think that it's, it's not about racing and, and getting PRs in, in a training camp. It's really about learning and observing. Yes. And I was, you know, always ask people or tell people requests that, you know, when you're at a camp, whether it be at our camp or any other, mm-hmm. um, don't walk away thinking that you've been neglected. Like you, you ask the coaches for specific help, right? If, oh, you know, yeah. at a particular time, whether yeah. it be, they may be monitoring the group at whatever place or pace. Um, and if you happen to get overlooked, quote unquote, um, there's no, like, don't be shy about speaking up to say, Hey, you know, um, you know, I really need help with hill climbing or whatever it might be, or, um, uh, take a look at my, <clears throat> my pedaling or my hill climbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. we can get, get those tips. Like you should know, never go away from a camp, uh, unsatisfied. Oh no. Right? And, I, and then, you know what? I don't think that we ever have. I know that we've run nope. a lot of camps and mm-hmm. clinics and, um, I do not think that we've ever had any disappointed persons that have come out to our clinics and camps. Right. Yeah. Cause we always end in some sort of Q and a and try to make sure like cover all bases, make sure mm-hmm. everyone's satisfied uh, before they leave. That's a hundred percent. Absolutely. That's never yeah. our style. And um, yeah, to make sure that everyone um, gets the experience they want and need. Uh, and that's uh, yeah, that's just something we always go for. And that's why you see people coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So why don't we kind of, do you want to give a little taste of what we're going to be Yeah. Like, our, like yeah. Our, our, our main thing. And again, we might tweak it depending on, and we always might look at the weather and seeing what, what is oh. available. Oh my God. Do you remember that one year that we did the camp there and it was torrential <laughs> rain? That was you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that me that was there? Yeah. And I think I was sending you pictures going like, oh, my God, like my window shoes are going like the clappers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Back All right. on track. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. So we, we typically start off with registration and meeting at the at the water. And then that mm-hmm. way we can get that open water swim uh, yeah. out of the way. Uh-huh. Um, because most people, again, we're there. Right? We can swim anywhere. Um, but being tech, checking out the open water. Uh, mm-hmm. Checking out your sight lines, especially at Tremblant, might yeah. help. But again, it's it's going to be different because there's going to be boats and things, and they they actually have a a route, a practice swim route that it's not like the real course. That's so, right. Right yeah. on the way back, it's you get the the vision of that coming in. Yeah. But it's again, they try to funnel you to the right side, and then it's you're swimming on the right side of the lake, so mm-hmm. it's kind of different. Mm-hmm. Um, but and even for us, we have to 
navigate our way over there to try to get on the water with everyone. But yeah. it's, uh, it's a little bit of a challenge. But again, you're there to kind of scope things out and get you prepared of how it might be yeah. uh, and visualize how it could be on race day and where the, the start line would be and uh, where to aim for and where the exit of the water, uh, of the swim is. And, yeah. And that. So that's the thing. Like we will talk about where the start is and the finish. And like you've just said, it's different the setup because the harbor is all open. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? You're I'm having flashbacks to the last camp that we did. I think it was 2018 or 2019. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody loved the swim so much. I think we were in the water for like two hours. We couldn't get yeah. the swimmers out. Remember? <laughs> Yeah, and it was like, okay, guys, like we gotta go. I want to get a bike ride in. Yeah, yeah. So um, that that was a great swim that we had then. Yeah, yeah. That, so then, and then we typically follow that up. We hit the hilly section yeah. of the Tromblock course. Everyone, everyone dreads, but I love it. I um, love it because you're talking. We do about a couple loops of there, and then we, you know, mm-hmm. definitely apply some more coaching and on the road tips mm-hmm. uh, with that with that uh, area. Yeah. And I think um, the more camps that we do, this is where I'm starting to see more and more um, with people cycling, um, just not using all the proper gears that one is given on a bicycle. And I think that's why it's important to come out to clinics and learn, or camps rather, Mm -hmm. like really learning how to climb because you can save so much time. Um, when you learn how to actually climb properly and when you learn what all those gears are on your bike for and how to apply and where to apply it. So um, because that's a quite a short section um, in Mont Tremblant. What's the name of that section? I'm not very good at my French. Um, you can probably <laughs> say the name better than me. I'm not going to say it with my Scottish accent. Yeah, the... Uh... <laughs> Uh, I, I, you know, I, I put it down here. Yeah, well, uh, Duplessis. Uh, Duplessis, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in, in my mind, I see it as seven steps. It's like steps that you're climbing because you climb up and then it flattens out and you climb up and you flatten out. So it is really critical to learning how to use your gears. When are you in the big chain ring? When are you in the small chain ring? Because that, that can make or break your day for you. And I find often new riders, um, you know, like one or two years of cycling, mm-hmm. they really don't really know when to go into their small chain ring. So that's why we like to do the first day on the climbing section because, you know, there's some really good rollers out when we hit the second day of the, the camp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we by coming to our camp, you'll get plenty of reps of that section. Oh, yeah. Right. Yep. And we, we definitely go, you know, try to do at least a couple of loops there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sometimes have, try to have an optional <laughs> time trial day on the Sunday, but by that time, most people are gassed. We oh, had yeah. one guy do it, remember? And he was the oh, oldest he, guy. Oh, he won. Yes. Yep. And he was the oldest yes. guy in the camp, and he went uh-huh. out and did it and showed everybody I, up. So he was awesome. I think his picture is on our, um, yep. on our website. Yep. Good yeah. old Mike. Uh-huh. Yes. And, yeah. Right. And then he came back and did Trump a year later and kick butt. So that was great. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. But yes, our obviously the the, the big days, the Saturday, would be, you know, it'd be called the optional swim because uh-huh. again, t- sh- t- you know, short timeline. If someone really wants to practice uh getting out at that time in the morning, seven AM. 
yes and seeing how the sun is and how everything looks and feels then mm-hmm. you can get out and get that swim in but then you have to be ready to go on your bike ride by 8 15 mm-hmm. and then we're out for a 100k ride 180 sorry 180k ride on the course 180 um, yep yeah and then we've also had people in the past who are just want to prepare for a 70.3 so they'll only do 90 yeah so you know we've had a, a wide range uh, again this camp is you know catered to whatever uh, goals you have in mind mm-hmm. yeah and we have a new addition to our camp this year right we are bringing in a yoga instructor who will be doing early morning yoga to open up those shoulders for our early morning swims and then um, an evening yoga session and meditation to, um, you know, just stretch out the hips and like a full body. So -hmm. I think this will be, this is a new compliment. So we're going to try this out. I'm quite excited about it. I think it'll be really good. Mm -hmm. Hoping that, you know, the weather's going to be fantastic. So this could be done in the evening time just before we hit um, the bed. Um, and if not, we'll be doing it somewhere inside. Yeah, so we're going to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, a new, new compliment, new addition. It's going to be great. And then uh, and the last day on Sunday, we, we typically have that day. And, again, we, we have it on the calendar. Somebody wants to really get out and swim again, mm-hmm. uh, they can or – you know, if they stay where we're staying, there's a lake back there. It's not on the actual course, but it's a, still a lake and a chance to get a swim in. Yeah, um, they can do that as well, and then head out on a run. So we will, we do have support, and we will support you for a 21k run on the course. So you get to check out a one loop of the course, and uh, you'll have us there if you need your liquids or uh, any other nutritional needs out there. I mm-hmm. think this year I'll also ride, ride my bike along, um, which I've done in the past as well, or, you know, the car stops at a certain key area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the last time you parked the car, I rode the bike with people's bottles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the other great thing is, you know, if you're new to being an athlete with us and you haven't used our number one most fantastic nutrition F2C. This will be mm-hmm. the most optimal time to be using all of the F2C nutrition, right? Because right. that's what we are going to be supplying to you out on the course, whether you are, you don't really need it so much when you're swimming, but you can have your greens in the morning, just as you start your yoga and meditation class. Right. And um, we'll have that for you guys when you're out on the bike and when you're on the run. Right. And yeah. so there's and for your, recovery your as yep. well. So we got you fully covered. So this is a great opportunity to sample all the products. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. for those, again, who already have their nutrition dialed with, their, with yeah. another brand, what we do is, uh, you know, we obviously we have the vehicles following you on the course. So you can pre-mix all your bottles, which you've had yep. people bring their coolers with, you know, six different bottles and whatever treats they might have, and they put mm-hmm. it in the bag in our car, and then at the pit stops, they'll just you know grab their stuff or their mix, and we'll supply the water or whatever else, and then uh, off they go. So we'll cater yeah. to all your needs out there as well. Yeah, it is like your opportunity to be the diva that you want to be. <laughs> 
Exactly. Well, I, I'm a diva, so yeah, I know how to cater to that, right? Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah, so that's <laughs> <laughs> what we, you know, wanted to connect tonight about um, this. So these give you a, a, an idea and uh, plug our camps coming up. So we'll, you know, we look to have other clinics. And again, we have a clinic coming up on Saturday. So we yes, we do join as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some bike skills, and then we're head up for a fifty to sixty k ride. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be good too. But you know, the big one is Trumbull, of course. Yeah, yeah. And then this one on Saturday, we're going to finish up with coffee and cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not something that we often do, but that's going to be good. Yeah. Okay. So what's the what's the dates for the Tromblant camp, Roger? There you go. Yeah. Look at you with the details. So we have oh, Tromblant yeah. camp. July 22nd, 23rd, and 24th in, of course, Mont Tremblant. Yep. And again, if okay. you book, now, well, when I booked our, our accommodations oh, many yeah. months ago, it was still uh, lots available. And again, there's, uh-huh. there's no shortage of, of accommodations oh. available in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on how much you want to pay and where you want to stay. So you can stay in the village for a little bit more or stay out of the village uh, for for less and see how that goes, right? So, yeah, you can yeah. check out our website, prendurancetraining.com, and you can find out all the details. But again, early bird rate for the Tromblant camp ends uh, June 1st. Okay, ends June the 1st. So get it booked, right? Yeah. Okay. And if you're listening to this after June 1st, you can still come to us, right? I think our camp is still competitively priced, maybe even less than and most others. Um, so, you know, come and take advantage. And again, we will be sanctioned by Triathlon Ontario. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you may actually see them plugging our camp once I get out of that paperwork submitted. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So as Roger said, that's, um, we start Friday, July the 22nd. That's a Friday. And we tend to start the camp around one o'clock or two o'clock, depending mm-hmm. on, because we want everybody to meet and gather and have a chit chat. And we do the swim and then we do the bike. Then we do, um, you know, you guys can go off to whatever you want in the evening or we'll do a Q&A. And then the Saturday is that's your big day of training um, on the 23rd. Um, you got to swim and a big bike and you know, probably a bit of a runoff the, the bike as well as we would recommend. And then on the Sunday, the 24th, that's when you're going to get in um, a swim and your long run, and it's going to be fully supported. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what I, I wanted to add this year was going to be a little different too, as well, is that we will do um, virtual sessions oh, yes. prior to getting there, right? Because yeah. I know when we've done our Q and A's or information or information sessions yeah. while we're there. Mm-hmm. Most people are got, we're already sleepy. <laughs> you can see or the, them. Or all they're thinking about is food. Yeah. Right? So they're hungry yeah. and sleepy. So um, maybe I'll get you more attention. And plus it's, it's good to touch base prior. So you know to what to expect when you get there. So it just exactly. works like clockwork. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not to say just because we're doing the virtual sessions prior, we will still do a Q&A at the end of each day because once you're there and you start experiencing and you're doing things or if your nutrition just didn't quite work out, we'll be there to answer all your questions, right? And the great thing is, is that when you're in that ambient situation is, yeah, you know, Roger and I, I, um, 
I'd be embarrassed to say how many years we have together <laughs> racing. I don't know. It's probably like 50. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like 50. And and believe me, I was a rookie. I have done everything. But you will learn little tidbits from other people as well. And yeah. and, and I honestly feel that with triathlon, you, you never really know the answer, Roger, right? Like you're just constantly in this evolving state of learning. That's, I think that's what I just love about this sport. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's always something There's always, that's always um, try to impart on people. Like I can give you an answer and then there's another answer. So it's a matter of trying to find a perfect fit or, or the answer that's best appropriate for that person. Exactly. Um, right. So because many solutions. That, that answer that you might give to athlete A might not be the answer that you're going to give to person B or C, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you got me all excited. Oh, oh I can't look at wait. that, eh? I know. <laughs> Get that energy up before we go to bed. I know. Yeah. Uh -huh. All right. So that is it, unless you have anything else. I know you wanted to, like, this is it. Keep it to the point. And I think we just did. So yeah. please check us out. And again, I'll put, I'll put in a plug for Paulina. You're missing. You definitely want to show up, right? Um, you're missing out. Or else you miss an, opp an, an opportunity to deal with uh, an elite athlete with tons of knowledge. She's still racing and kicking butt um, and not too far removed from the pro days. I think, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, you wanted to suck it up, if you wanted to suck it up and do Hawaii again, you would. But I don't think you're too nice. ever again. Oh, you know what? I think about it all the time, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to stop working. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. No, all you're right. too nice. But um, as Roger did say, I, I still do race. And I am i didn't think I would still be racing at this point in my life. But I'm just, I just love it. <clears throat> I don't know. It's, it's not going away. Yeah. But there, there's a different feel to it. Like, I really enjoy it. And I feel like there's no pressure. Mm -hmm. anymore yeah but when i tow the line you better believe it <laughs> of course i i commit i'm in there like 1000 percent. yeah mm -hmm. all, all right, right. So that is it so again prnurstraining.com check us out contact us and please uh consider our camp so that is yeah. it for this edition of the podcast we will catch you next time all right thank you okay bye see you soon Training Podcast. PR and Training Podcast.